<clears throat> Greetings. Hello. Welcome to Half Blind Hacklers episode 59. Today is going to be an interesting episode. It's kind of depressing, kind of saddening, and the future is looking real bleak. So we'll go into all of that and say what you got to look forward to because it's bad. So, first thing. Uh, parlor users will say their goodbyes, a site taken down by Amazon. And how Parlor is responding. And then we're going to talk about how the Biden pick to head the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division wrote in the past that blacks had, quote, superior mental and physical abilities. So that's really questionable. Uh, and then we're going to talk about how Mitch McConnell, the current head of the Senate believes that impeachment will help rid Trump from the GOP, but has not said if he will vote to convict. Uh, and then we're going to talk about how China is, is rising in prominence because the United States is in turmoil. Then we're going to talk about some Canada news about the Canadian border and Ontario lockdowns that they just imposed today. So we're going to go over all of that. So without further ado, let's go right in. So parlor users say their goodbyes as site taken down, quoting, free speech will win. Parlor users have shared their thanks and support for the self-styled free speech site as it was taken offline by Amazon hosting for breaching its service agreement, quote unquote. The social network was launched in 2018 and enjoys patronage from right-wing conservatives who feel that mainstream networks censor their views, which of course they do. Many of its users signed up after being banned or suspended from Twitter, or like myself, just looking for a conservative news or conservative social media site that wouldn't censor my post because they hurt people's feelings. Amazon said that its decision to suspend hosting services came after finding 98 posts on the site that promoted violence. Yeah, like I'm I'm not saying that these there were not posts that promoted violence after the Capitol riots. I, I'm not denying that. I'm sure that they did find them. Only problem is is that if you looked on Twitter right now, you would probably find thousands of posts that promote violence against Trump, conservatives, right-wingers, and basically every Republican and conservative member of the Senate, House of Congress, House of Commons here in Canada. And you're going to find threats of violence against every single one of them. Most of them are not censored or taken down, or at least not for a very long time. I've had threats of violence against me personally, and these threats were not taken down. There was one time I actually reported somebody on Twitter, or Twitter or Facebook, for like active threats of violence against me and my family, and Facebook censored me for reporting their post and saying that it was disgusting, because it said that it was hateful to go or to, to come out against them. So Parler had been called out in analysis of events leading up to Wednesday's unrest in Washington. A number of users published posts promoting the coordinated violence at the Stop the Steal riots. Donald Trump is not a member of Parler. Uh, however, there are leading right-wing figures who do have a presence on the social network, including Sean Hannity and Ted Cruz. So it went offline just after midnight on Sunday. And Amazon, Google, and Apple had all previously removed their apps from their stores. So a bunch of users said that they would be checking to see if it comes back. The 
or is it executive chief executive John Matsy warned that the site could be offline for up to a week while we rebuild from scratch. The site gained popularity as a place to discuss conspiracy theories as well as politics, with many users expressing support for the belief that November's election was rigged so that Joe Biden won unfairly. Again, it's not really a conspiracy theory. Like some might consider it a conspiracy theory, but I think there's ample examples and ample evidence to say that there was serious irregularities and serious issues with the election and the fact that the media and the court and the establishment basically want to ignore that any of this happened and wants to say that this was the cleanest and fairest election in American history is ridiculous. Let them properly investigate it. That's what conservatives have been saying from the beginning. And nobody wants to actually properly investigate it. And they'll give them these little, like, here's a bone. We'll do a signature count it signature audit of a county that wasn't questionable. So the response from Parler, of course, is that they have sued Amazon Web Services for antitrust and breach of contract after Amazon Public Cloud ban takes it offline. Parler has been accused its one-time hosting partner, Amazon Web Services, of antitrust defenses in a lawsuit filed in protest at the Public Cloud's Giants Public cloud giant's decision to boot the Strecken social media app off its servers. It's not, it wasn't really Strecken, considering that they were, up until Apple and Google removed them from their app stores, they were number one. They had millions of downloads before Google and Apple removed them from their services. The 19-page document describes Amazon's actions as the equivalent of pulling the plug on a hospital patient on life support on the basis that it will kill Parler's business on the very time it is set to skyrocket. It also suggests that Amazon's actions were motivated by a desire to reduce competition within the micro-blogging social media market, which is dominated by Twitter, which recently signed a multi-year deal with AWS. Since its creation in 2018, it's positioned itself as a conservative social media safe haven for individuals whose words and actions have seen them banned from mainstream social media platforms such as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, and so forth. So... This includes the like of U.S. President Donald Trump, even though Donald Trump doesn't actually have an account on Parler. And according to the lawsuit, this course of action prompted a mass exodus of conservative users from Twitter to Parler, which it claims contributed towards becoming the most downloaded app in the Apple App Store, which I just said. Given the context of Parler's looming threat to Twitter, and the fact that Twitter ban might not long muzzle the president if he switched to Parler, potentially bringing tens of millions of followers with him, AWS moved to shut down Parler. In a previously reported, as previously reported by Computer Weekly, AWS severed ties with free speech championing social media site Parler after details of the platform's involvement in coordinating the deadly attack on Capitol Hill emerged in the day that followed. Again, Twitter has done the same thing. So, according to Parler's lawsuit, AWS is now in breach of its contract with Parler, given that it is supposed to provide the company with 30 days' notice of its intention to terminate its hosting arrangement. And that it has also, along with Twitter, fallen out of fallen foul of Section 1 of the Sherman Antitrust Act. This act specifically prohibits Amazon Web Service contracting or conspiring to restrain trade or commerce. Yeah, it's totally in violation of that. So, this organization, this news media, contacted Twitter for comments, but the company declined. The document goes on to claim that AWS has committed intentional interference with Parler's prospective growth by forcing it offline at a time when millions of users are expected to sign up to the platform in the near future. Yeah, that's totally true. And I I think 
that the parlor shutdown is probably the most flagrant abuse of free speech and censorship that we have seen in the modern age. The fact that an organization can remove the platform in which people can have free speech because the organization that hosts it disagrees with the majority of the users is disgusting. And because Amazon Web Services, along with Google and Microsoft, do about, I think from what I've heard, about 65% of all web hosting services in the world, that where are these companies going to go? They, it, it's almost too much work to set it up themselves. Like, these organizations like Twitter and Facebook would be like, oh, set up your own social media. It's like, well, we did. We set up Gab, we set up Twitter, and then you just shut them down because you disagree that people on the other side have a voice. Because you only want the voices that are heard to be the ones that tow the party line. This is a disgusting thing. And a lot of people are now trying to say that we're looking a lot like George Orwell's 1984. I've heard a rumor that it's actually against Twitter's rules right now to post hashtag 1984. I haven't tried it because we pretty much deleted our half blind heckless Twitter account. Because I was like, no, this is not worth my time and effort to do. And of course, here at the half blind hecklers, we're kind of pissed. Like, I'm pissed that they banned Parlor. We had, as of tournament, as of the day that Parlor went down, we had 37 thousand followers on parlor which is very impressive for an organization and a media network that's only been around for less than six months i'm very proud of the gains that we have made on parlor and for amazon to shut it down because they disagree with some of the messages that are being shared now of course any violence like anybody that's promoting violence on Parlor, yeah, they should be taken down. But that's not what the majority of Parlor is. The majority of Parlor is like, we need a proper investigation. We need to make sure that everything is discovered. We need to make sure that there wasn't massive election fraud, as a decent amount of the country believes. There's a, I think there was a report that said that 17% of Democrats don't believe that Biden won legitimately. Like, come on. This is ridiculous. And then, to add to this all st stupidity, so, top conservatives on Twitter claim that they're hemorrhaging followers due to the double whammy of sorts. The exodus of people who went from Twitter to Parler, and what appears to be a simultaneous system-wide purge by the social media giant, and based on what I've seen, yeah, like, some conservative users are seeing like conservative figureheads like Ben Shapiro and Michael Knowles and the others are seeing losses in followers to the tune of 40 to 100,000 followers. That's crazy. Like after Twitter banned Trump, 
He was without a way to communicate with his more than 88 million followers, and he put out a statement condemning their decision and accusing it of censorship, which they did. It was deleted shortly thereafter because using another account to evade a suspension is against our rules. I also got dinged with that once. <laughs> because Twitter is stupid. As I have been saying for a long time, this is a quote from Trump, Twitter has gone further and further in banning free speech, and tonight Twitter employees have coordinated with the Democrats and the radical left are removing my account from their platform to silence me, and of course, you, his followers, the 75 million great patriots who voted for me. Twitter may be a private company, without the government's gift of Section 230, they would not exist for long. I've gone over Section 230 in the past. I've kind of said what I feel about it, how I feel that it could be improved. So I'm not going to go into that now because it would take too long. So he said, I predicted this would happen. We've been negotiating with various other sites and I'm going to have a big announcement soon. We're looking at the possibilities of building our own platform in the near future. We will not be silenced. Twitter is not about free speech. They're promoting a radical left platform where some of the most vicious people in the world are allowed to speak freely. That is 100% correct. 100%. You can post threats. You can encourage violence. You can encourage rioting. As long as it promotes the left. This is not whataboutism. This is showing a simple lack of commitment to their own theories. Lack of commitment to their own policies. Twitter does not care about their policies as long as those that are affected are on the left. They will allow them to do whatever the hell they want. Say whatever the hell they want. Threaten whoever they want because they are leftist. Again, I said back earlier on in my show, back in about episode 25, that the only true privilege is leftism. Because they control the institutions of power, and because they control the institutions of power, they can do whatever they want. And that's, that's the truth. They can do whatever they want. They can silence whoever they want. They can threaten whoever they want. And they can do whatever they want. And I, for one, despise that. Standards for all are standards for none. None of this double standard nonsense. But I think I've said enough about this. Moving on to the next pick. So Biden pick. So this is, of course, an opinion piece from Tucker Carlson. But the quote is real. So Biden picked to head the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division. Rope, blacks had, quote, superior physical and mental abilities. Kristen Clark wrote the phrase in 1994 to Harvard newspaper while an undergraduate. Joe Biden's pick to run the Justice Department enormously powerful civil rights division is a woman named Kristen Clark. She says her job is simple, end hate. But like so many in the world, Clark is actually an enthusiastic purveyor of what she claims to fight. Of course, they went over this in the Tucker Carlson show. So in 1994, Clark wrote a letter to the Harvard Crimson, which I think is their newspaper, in her capacity as the president of the Black Students Association to explain her views on race science. Quote, Please use the following theories and observations to assist you in your search for truth regarding the genetic differences between blacks and whites. Clark wrote, 1. Dr. Richard King reveals that the core of the human brain is the locus ceruleus, which is a stricture that is black because it contains large amounts of neuromelanin, which is essential for its operation. 2. Black infants sit, crawl, and walk sooner than whites. 3. Carol Barnes notes that human mental processes are controlled by melanin, the same chemical which gives black their superior mental and physical abilities. 4. Some scientists have revealed that most whites are unable to produce melanin 
because their pineal glands are often calcified or non-functioning. Pineal calcification rates with Africans are 5 to 15%, Asians 25, 15 to 25%, and Europeans 60 to 80%. This is the chemical basis for the cultural differences between blacks and whites. 5. Melanin endows blacks with greater mental, physical, and spiritual ability, something which cannot be measured based on Eurocentric standards. So the above is not an editorial from the final call, which is Louis Farrakhan's free newspaper that is a direct quote from the person Joe Biden is about to put in charge of the country's civil rights laws. If it sounds familiar, it's very, very similar to what, oh, what's his name, Nick Cannon basically said about melanated people being able to experience like a higher level of consciousness, a higher level of being. Basically saying that blacks were superior to whites. And looking at these quotes, there's no other way that you can say it. There's no other way that you can analyze these statements and not say that this person is a racist. This person is not a white supremacist. They are a black supremacist. Which is just as bad. There is no moral difference between someone who believes that whites are superior or someone who believes that blacks are superior. They're both evil and should be condemned totally just like trump said so even at harvard crackpots theories like that were considered deranged and dangerous after an outcry on campus she suggested she didn't necessarily believe what she had written but even the harvard crimson didn't buy that explanation well does she or doesn't she wrote the editor so far she has given us every indication that she does she then invited noted anti-semite anti-semite tony martin to speak who had published a manifesto called The Jewish Onslaught, in which she chronicled the escalating Jewish onslaught against black people. There was a similar interaction with, not Louis Farrakhan, but... Ah, dang it. I'm trying to remember that the name of that black pastor, kind of a uh, faux Democrat he ran for... Anyways, but that guy essentially incited a riot against Jews because he said that Jews are responsible for killing black kids. And he caused the death of many Jews. He's actually guilty of incitement, but of course he's on the left, so he'll never be held to any standard for that. But I went over that before. So Kristen Clark strongly approved of Tony Martin, telling the Crimson Professor Martin is an intelligent, well-versed black intellectual who bases information on indisputable fact. So according to her, Tony Martin's anti-Semitism was based on indisputable fact. There are also other anti-Semites which are prominent in the Democratic Party, like Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, and AOC. These are all prominent anti-Semites in the Democratic Party. So I know that the media has been very, very quick to try and, and the media and the Democrats have been saying, okay, like, no, it's the, it's the rights, it's the conservatives, they're the racists, they're the anti-Semites, when the opposite is the only situation that is true. They are the racists. They are the anti-Semites. And if we want to progress further as a society, we have to be able to call detrimental things out. No matter what side of the political spectrum that there are. I, I know, like I'm, I'm even calling out a bit of the right on this, there were some people, because the riots were on the right, that they kind of said it wasn't a big deal. It was no big deal because they were right-wing protesters, right-wing riots. Violence is violence. Doesn't matter what side it's coming from, violence is violence. 
We are here at the half blind hecklers. We're always going to condemn that. It doesn't matter what side of the political aisle they're on. But we must also be honest in saying that the majority of the political violence in North America and, of course, in the world comes from the political left. To deny that fact would be denying basic facts and reality, which the left often does. So that's that's kind of just a hint of where Biden's going to be taking the United States. Now, of course, due to the fallout from Wednesday, so Mitch McConnell, who is the leader of the Senate, McConnell believes impeachment push will help rid Trump from the GOP, but it's not said if he will vote to convict. He has indicated that he believes that impeaching Donald Trump will make it easier to get rid of the president and Trumpism from the Republican Party, according to a source with knowledge on the matter. Another person with direct knowledge told CNN there is a reason McConnell has been silent on impeachment, as other Republicans have pushed back. He's furious about last week's attack on the U.S. Capitol by the president's supporters, even more that Trump has shown no contrition. He did. His silence has been deliberate as he leaves open the door of the option for supporting impeachment. McConnell has made no commitments on voting to convict Trump and wants to see the article itself before voting. The stock contract to the president's first impeachment, where McConnell's repeatedly spoke out against the Democratic intentions to hold Trump accountable for a pressure campaign on the Ukrainian government to investigate Joe Biden and his family. He has been steadily moving his conference away from Trump for weeks. While he knows they are, they all aren't there with him, the Republican... The Kentucky Republican believes the party needs to turn the page. I disagree. I think that McConnell, Ben Shapiro, and many others are establishment Republican. And I think that if the Republican Party has any chance of succeeding, they need to decimate the establishment Republicans because they are a bunch of useless idiots. They had control of the government for years, and yet they did nothing. They, they had some tax decreases. Yes, it helped the economy. Sure. But they did not change anything in American society that really mattered. And now that Trump has lost, or that tr they, the system has claimed that Trump has lost, McConnell has basically jumped ship along with a bunch of establishment Republicans because they believe that the American people rejected Trumpism. They didn't reject Trumpism. Trump was the only reason many of these Republicans succeeded at all. Without Trump, the Republican Party is dead. The support for the Republican Party, when Trump was not on the ballot, was nothing. So, I don't know what McConnell's doing, but he is basically playing right into the Democrats' hands. The Democrats will have complete control over the government. And McConnell is just like, well, we need to get rid of Trump. That's our first priority. No, you fool. If you have any brains, you'll be realizing that America is pushing its way toward the inevitability of civil war. It's awful. But right now, the establishment on both Republicans and the Democrats and the institutions of the media have basically pushed so much of a so large a group of the American populace so that they see no other way out. So that they see no other option except for civil war. And it's an awful way to put it, but 
it's more than likely an inevitable outcome of all of this. There's going, they've said that there's going to be armed protests at all 50 state capitals. What's going to happen? I don't know. But it's not going to be pretty. As Tim Pool says, things are going to get real spicy. And it's a lot of it has to do with the cowardice and the incompetence of establishment Republicans. The Republican Party is dead. Is conservatism dead in America? We don't know. We'll see. Moving on. So, upbeat. Xi, as in Xi Jinping, the leader of the dictator of the Communist Party of China. So, it's time on China's side. Time is on China's side as turmoil grips the United States. Xi Jinping issued an unusually upbeat assessment about China's future, noting the time of the situation where on the country's side in a new year marked by domestic turmoil in the United States. The Chinese leader told a gathering of provincial and ministerial level officials Monday that he saw opportunities in a general in general outweighing challenges. Sorry if you can hear that, that's just the wind. It's very, very strong outside. And I'm in my kitchen, which is right next to the deck door. So a marked shift from his sometimes dire-sounding warnings of recent months, while he repeated an oft-used allusion to the challenges posed by Donald Trump's America's First policies, he expressed new confidence that China would gain in the long run. The world is undergoing profound changes unseen in a century, but time and the situation are in our favor. This is where our determination and confidence are coming from. His optimistic remarks come amid an economic rebound at home and historic upheaval in Washington. So... A forecast released by the Center for Economics and Business Research last month projected that China would overtake the United States as the world's largest economy in dollar terms in 2028, five years earlier than a year ago. And I'm not surprised at all by this. I think it has a lot to do with that basically everybody looked at the United States and tried to say, oh, America handled this terribly, and a lot of these Democrat governors and prominent Democrats in the media and in other institutions basically said that we would happily take a recession to get rid of Trump. And that's exactly what happened. That coronavirus hurt Trump significantly and made it easier, with mail-in voting and otherwise, it made it easier for the Democrats to take him down. And because China basically, after a certain point, they're like, okay, we've handled China. we've handled the coronavirus in China and we're going to reopen. And we have no issues. And we're going to have economic growth. And the United States has been suffering. A lot of these Democrat governors basically said that they weren't even going to consider reopening until Biden won. And that is disgusting. These governors have basically said the suffering of their people is irrelevant as long as they get the desired political outcome they want. It's essentially domestic terrorism. They're starving their people because they want Trump to lose. That is abhorrent to the highest level. And it's only allowing and furthering the growth of China in the world stage. And China is not a power you want 
is not a world power that you want to give them more prosperity. You want to give them more sanctions because the amount of evil the Chinese Communist Party is committing is equivalent to Germany during the Holocaust. This is an intrinsically evil group that is allowing their people to suffer. And it's killing their own people. Because they want to remain the force of power. And they want to become the dominant power in the world. Rational, civil, and decent people should never want that to happen. But it is happening. And it's disgusting. So, moving on to the final little few stories. Canada News. Canada-U.S. borders remain closed until at least February 21st. Restrictions on non-essential travel aim to limit the spread of COVID-19. So, Canada-U.S. border remain closed to non-essential travel until at least February 21st. Public Safety Minister Bill Blair announced latest extension to international travel restrictions prevent the spread of COVID-19. Our government will continue to ensure the safety of Canadians, he tweeted, and base our decisions on the best public health device available. The Canada-U.S. agreement bars entry to most travelers who are not Canadian citizens, permanent residents, or people entering the United States for essential reasons. It took effect in late March. So our government has been unequivocal since the very beginning of this pandemic that discretionary travel should be avoided under all circumstances. This advice is fundamental to the safety of our communities and the success of our efforts in the fight against COVID-19, says Blair spokesperson Mary Liz Power. She said that Canada's border measures are amongst the strongest in the world. As of January 7th, people entering Canada are required to present a negative COVID test before boarding flights. We went over that last week, how if they do not have a quarantine plan that is in, got in alignment with the stricture and the levels that the Canadian government wanted, that they would put you in internment facility, essentially. So this, like continuing to have the border closed to the United States which is basically the same as Canada, we're both having coronavirus issues, it has no justifiable purpose. It's just hurting travel and economic growth. The lockdowns are absolutely useless and are doing 10 times more harm than good. And this is only continuing to perpetuate that level of harm. I'm not going to comment too much on this. It's just a stupid decision. The border and the lockdown should be revoked immediately. And that's not just because I want hockey to come back normally, because hockey is slated to start tomorrow. And I'm kind of like, do I want to watch it? I don't really care too much because it's just a Canadian league and it won't mean anything because they're just going to be competing against each other. They're not going to compete on... With the entire league, it's just going to be with seven other teams. And yeah, like of the teams that are in the Canadian North Division, my team, Toronto Maple Leafs, are probably the best. But, so what? It's like going back to the original six. Toronto won the Cup 13 times. But every original six team won more than any of the other teams. Because they were in the league longer and they only had six teams to compete against. Alright, last story that I'm going to go over. Ontario issues stay-at-home order as COVID-19 models show provinces at a dangerous point. 
Ontario government has announced that a provincial stay-at-home order and new restrictions as new COVID-19 modeling revealed Tuesday that shows the healthcare system is on the verge of being overwhelmed. The province says that it is issuing the stay-at-home order effective Thursday, which will require everyone to remain at home with exceptions for essential purposes like going to the grocery store or pharmacy, accessing healthcare services for exercise or for essential work. Doug Ford, the premier, says that our province is in crisis. The system is on the brink of collapse. It's on the brink of being overwhelmed. Prominent says that it is enacting the following measures which will come into effect between today and Thursday. Outdoor organized public gatherings and social gatherings further restricted to a limit of five people with limited exceptions. That's still more than what Alberta allows. People are required to wear a face mask or covering in indoor areas of business or organizations that are open. That's recommended outdoors. All non-essential retail stores, including hardware stores, alcohol retailers, and those offering curbside pickup or delivery must open no earlier than 7 a.m. and close no later than 8 p.m. Restricted hours of operation do not apply to stores that are primarily sell food, pharmacies, gas stations, convenience stores, and restaurants for takeout or delivery. Non-essential construction is further restricted, including below-grade construction exempting survey. Community transmission is widespread. It's in our hospitals, it's in our long-term care homes, and it's in our workplaces. Health Minister Christine Elliott said Tuesday. Wasn't this the same lady that literally said, I just read what they put in front of me? I don't really trust what you have to say. So, Providence also announced Tuesday that schools and these public health units will not return to the in-person instruction until February 10th. Windsor, Peel, Toronto, York, Hamilton. So, new modeling reveals that Ontario is a danger. Boy, I do not care about modeling. Modeling has been wrong every single damn time. It was wrong when the Imperial College model did it. It was wrong in every other model. In Alberta, which currently has... I'll show you right now. Alberta COVID. COVID-19 information for Albertans. i show you real time what things look at like in Alberta. Because it's ridiculous what they're trying to say to us. Interactive data app. It's a while to look up. All right, total cases. Now, in March of 2020, they said in Alberta that we would have 80,000 cases by August. And that we would have like 800,000. Or like a certain, it was crazy high numbers. We've now had COVID in the country for nearly a year, and we have 112,000 COVID patients in Alberta. Now, that's, of course, not even considering the failure rate and false positivity rate of COVID-19 PCR tests, which are about 97% as far as by the most recent data, and we'll probably have... Danny and I go over that on Thursday. But 100,000 is like 2.5% of the population have had this, or at least officially reported to have this. And... 1,003, like, I don't, it just drives me crazy. Like, all of this is so stupid. It's all so ridiculous. 
the lockdowns are harming so many people and the governments are just staying put about it they're saying nothing about the damage that it's doing and it's awful and we fight back against it that's why we went to the freedom rally on the weekend that's why we continue to fight against the damage that these governments are imposing upon us last thing i'm going to talk about might make me might get me in a little bit of hot water with more prominent kind of fringe conservatives fringe right-wingers and that is the notion that Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood are the greatest hucksters in American history. Now, of course, everybody remembers way back when Tucker Carlson said, we asked Sidney Powell on the show, Sidney Powell said not to come, Sidney Powell gave us nothing, Sidney Powell has never provided any evidence. Sidney Powell released this court document which had a plethora of errors in it and didn't paint any picture of any relevant data. Basically, nothing that Sidney Powell has provided has been truthful. Lynn Wood has even gone crazier. Lynn Wood has actually suggested that people don't vote. Now, I did not trust the outcome of the Georgia runoff election, but people probably should have still voted. Some people might not have voted because Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell told them not to, which they did, but that's that. But I still think that there was issues in the Georgia runoff election. I don't think that's... I think that's fairly obvious at this point. You can't gain 160,000 votes for both Democrat candidates in 20 minutes. It's mathematically impossible. And it led to both Democrats winning. Kind of saw that coming. Called it last week. It was kind of, kind of obvious, actually. Don't know why anybody didn't see that coming. But Sidney Powell and Linwood, like, they donated to Democrat Party members. They were registered Democrats for years. And everything that they put forth was so out there that it strained credulity. The other, like, I was on board. Like, Dominion voting systems for sure need to be investigated. But that's not what Sidney Powell did. Sidney Powell basically did not investigate Dominion and basically just said that it was a Venezuelan corporation, which it's not. Smartmatic is a Venezuelan corporation and Smartmatic and Dominion, there's no evidence of their ties. Dominion is a Canadian company, which of course is open to leftists and their software looks like it was built so that it could be potentially violated, potentially hacked. But I don't, there's no relevant information there's no relevant evidence to say that dominion hacked them or dominion did this it was dominion had the systems and the systems were open to manipulation which allowed them to produce fraud that's the hypothesis that makes the most sense and then lynn wood is even crazier because lynn woods was saying that john roberts who i admit is a flaky conservative at best and is usually kind of a moderate liberal or a moderate leftist that he was in a pedophile drug ring that mike pence would be hanged for treason like this guy is insane this guy is crazy he undermined the credibility of conservatives because he was this insane 
he hurt conservatism. He hurt the Republicans' chances of convincing in the court of public opinion. They are the greatest hucksters in American history, and they are Democrat plans to hurt the effort to overturn the American election because the American election had problems. And they, none of their efforts came to fruition because they were trying to claim these things that were never going to be true in the first place. They published wild and grandiose claims to undermine Republicans and conservatives by making them all look as crazy as Linwood and as crazy as Sidney Powell. And I might, I might anger some conservatives by saying that, but I don't think it's too far out there. I think it's well within the realm of plausibility. I, I'm open to information from the contrary. I'm open to seeing Sidney Powell in a different light. Like in the beginning, I was like, hmm, maybe she has something important. But at this point, there is enough evidence to say that, yeah, she is the greatest huckster in American history because she tried to claim the biggest problem. And they hurt the they hurt the American people. And I don't really care if Dominion sues her for a billion. Because she kind of deserves it. But I'm open to I'm open to seeing the other side. I haven't seen any evidence. Anyways. Uh, without further ado, that kind of ends the show for today. Uh, if you're watching, if you're li listening, uh, thank you for staying with us until this point. Um, of course, things are kind of changing. Uh, we are in, still in the process. I'm going to get on Danny about getting us on to Rumble and Bitchu. And then I'm going to find a program which uploads our content to YouTube and Rumble and BitChute all at the same time. Uh, we are going to continue to exist on Facebook. Uh, maybe eventually transfer over to MeWe. Admittedly, I do not like the system over at MeWe. I think it's silly and unwieldy right now. Uh, of course, we're still like waiting on what happens with Parlor. Parlor comes back, fantastic. We'll resume everything as normal, like nothing ever changed. If Parlor doesn't come back, I don't know. Because that, if Parlor doesn't come back, then Half Blind Hecklers as an entity is mostly destroyed. And that's an unfortunate reality. It is basically destroyed without Parlor. Because I've been working for six months to establish a follower base there. And they took it away in two minutes. It's just how I kind of look at the future. Uh, we might continue to continue putting on videos so that people know what the evidence is, what it, what's available, but we're unsure where the future goes. It's kind of where we're at right now. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Have a great night. God bless. I know this is really bad. So bad. But... Everything is so awful. It's so awful. Anyway, good night, everyone.